Hello and welcome to another podcast of Father and Joe. I'm Joe Rocky here with Father Boniface Hicks. And Father, today I'm going to discuss a topic that hasn't happened yet because one of the natures of recording this podcast and event is that we record it prior to them being released. Obviously, it's not a live show. So in this particular episode, I want to talk about what seems at this point to be an inevitability, which is at some point, um, scientists sooner or later are going to come up with the vaccine for COVID-19. That is inevitable. And the reason I'm bringing this up is I'm looking back through some of the prior episodes that we've recorded to just kind of wrap my head around what the church's teachings would be. So to, to make a reference to a prior episode is we had a discussion about essentially medicine as an individual that you are responsible to take and that you have the right to decline. And to summarize that entire episode, it basically boiled down to if in reasonable times you can expect a reasonable degree of certainty and a positive outcome that an eighth grader can administer, you should take it. So some examples were you should eat. You know, it's reasonable that an eighth grader can make you a sandwich. You know, you should be able to drink water, um, you know, basic antibiotics because that's a reasonable expectation that they will help you. So then I look into other examples and we have vaccines all around us that work very well for the most part, aside in a couple of blips in the Northwest, um, measles and the mumps are gone. Polio doesn't exist in America because of vaccines and stuff of that nature. So, but we also are not required to take the flu shot every year. That's kind of optional and, and the faith recognizes that. So I bring this up here for the COVID situation because looking around the country and at the various governors giving their speeches, um, while they change very frequently and sometimes even within their own sentence in which they're telling you a policy, it does seem that some of them are pretty much going to mandate their citizens to return to economic life to have proof that they've had this vaccine. And to me, that is the fear that that seems wrong when it becomes a pure mandate. But then again, going back to what I just said a couple of seconds ago, we do have vaccines for various different diseases that we don't even think of anymore. And going into the last episode, kind of eliminating hardships from our lives. So that's the, the conversation I'm coming from. And I brought out data and I, I don't want to diminish and say that, that COVID didn't kill people or, or it's not deadly or anything like that. So I went on the internet to try to find evidence on that side of the fence. And there's only really two states and there's no federal data that really kind of shows what I was looking for, which was on a month to month basis, you know, looking strictly at this time frame from when we were this month to this month over, to, over a couple of years, how many more people died overall versus Corona? Because the suspicion I had was people, the same amount of people died, they just died from something different. But when I looked at particular statistics and the two states that put it up was New Jersey and Michigan, if you look in April in particular, both of them had significant increases over their prior five-year average, which did mean that Corona significantly increased the amount of people that had passed away in that state. In the case of New Jersey, it was three times as many compared to their average of April for the prior five years. So it, it's significant. 
But then as you fast forward now to June and July, we're right back to where the average was and it has returned to normalness. So from that fact, you can make an argument either way, depending upon how you'd like to spin it. So that's the, the issue that I have here is that we see that depending upon what state you live in, your governor might force you to take this pill or this drug. And if you're not, you don't have to do anything. And again, it's just something that they keep changing their minds. So whether this actually becomes a direct rule or not, we'll get to see, let alone where. But it's something that as far as a core concept, I'd like to get us and our audience ready for as we're approaching what I believe to be a scientific inevitability that we're going to come up with a cure. And basically my question is, then what? Wow, well, you did a lot of work to uh, prepare that and you presented that so clearly. Thanks for really spelling all that out with the, from the details of the data to some of the background in terms of uh, using medical interventions and the morality of that, uh, whether it's morally obligatory or not. And uh, excellent, excellent summary. Really uh, appreciate all that you did. And, and I think it's a testimony too. you know, you'll be the first to tell people you're not a theologian and uh, this is not your, you know, uh, your, your daily, your daily work, but between our podcasts, you know, you asking good questions in the past and those podcasts are all available for people and some, you know, basic internet data searches uh, to find out some, some details, you know, any of our listeners could do this. And I just want to give you credit for that and hold you up as an example to say uh, we need to do this. We need to actually, these are serious decisions that we're making. And the way that we tend to make serious decisions is looking around to see what everybody else is doing or listening to some pundits on uh, Fox News on the one hand or CNN on the other hand and listening to our favorite people. And you know, there is certainly a value. Obviously, people are listening to us too, but we want to inform our consciences and then make good decisions, reasonable decisions. And so anyway, I just give you a lot of credit for taking the time to do that. You weren't doing that just for a podcast. You're doing that because you're thinking ahead and you actually care and you want to make good decisions that are in line with, uh, with the truth, which we have a, a certain special access to because of our faith uh, and, the, and the teaching of the church. So um, yeah, fantastic. And I, uh, we, may, uh, we may follow up on this episode. I'm not a moral theologian. And so kind of the analysis that you already made is about the analysis that I would make. Um, but I also think the question about being forced to take vaccines probably has been uh, dealt with there are often a couple you know some some nuances that uh, I'm just thinking off the top of my head may uh, may overlook and so I, I want to even just follow up on that it's been on my mind and I haven't been forced to uh, confront it yet and so I haven't done the kind of research that you did and looking back at it but uh, even even the question of whether you can be forced to take vaccines by the government is an interesting question. And I feel like the Supreme Court has upheld the right of parents not to administer vaccines to their children 
but then the state can also withhold certain services. Like if you're not going to give vaccines to your children, then they can't go to public schools. That there's there's a little bit of that kind of thing, but just being forced straight up to actually administer vaccines, I think is not even something that our government will do. Our government, which would not be as uh, closely tied in with uh, the moral law necessarily as we might uh, be in terms of our reflection on Catholic teachings. So, um, but but you you apply the right criteria, Joe, in saying that uh, we make the distinction between ordinary means and extraordinary means of uh, medical intervention, and uh, whether an eighth grader uh, uh, could prepare it. I'm not sure if I use that metric, but it's a it's a good one. You know, it's 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 universally um, available, and the question comes up. Uh, kind of the the border question is about taking an IV for nutrition and and hydration, and basically that IV could be administered at home, and it's a very low cost, and so that falls into ordinary means in the United States, but that's a place that, that's an area where even, you know, if you were in a, I don't know, some some place that was more third world and even the IV equipment would not be as available or could be more expensive, you might, it might move that into a different category. The, the basic point is you need to feed people and give them uh, water to drink by available means, as long as that's not gonna cause them worse damage. That's where, uh, you know, putting a, a feeding tube in someone could actually end up killing them depending on how weakened their condition is. You're not required to, you know, force a feeding tube in if that's going to be the case. But in normal circumstances with someone who's in a persistent vegetative state, uh, who's not getting any worse, they don't have any pathology, they just have had a significant amount of brain damage or whatever it is that's preventing them from coming out of a coma, um, and they're they're in that state of being. You have to keep feeding them. You can't just kill them off by starving them to death. I mean, that's the that's the basic point. But then on the other hand, just to make the categories clear, forcing someone to take chemotherapy, there's nothing that's ordinary about chemotherapy. You know, it's it's poison in your body. It's destroying you. It's expensive. It requires doctors to prescribe and regulate and all of that. You're never required to do that or to have open heart surgery or some other extreme measure. That's not a that's not a moral requirement. So so what about a vaccine? And this is where uh, medical knowledge is also important, you know, and I don't have all of that handy. But one of the places that this comes up is uh, there are a couple of serious concerns about about vaccines there. The uh, I'm not going to get the details right but i'm i'm close <laughs> so the the mmr the mumps measles rubella vaccine coupled together as a triple has uh was developed from the from the lines of aborted fetal cells i'm pretty sure i'm right about that those details and so is someone required to use research and use a product that was developed through an immoral means in order to administer that to their child? And the answer is no. So even the Supreme Court uh, upholds that right. Certainly our Catholic faith upholds that right, that you're not required to use uh, something that's developed through an evil means. Is it possible to use it? 
well, it's it's material cooperation, and then you have to weigh a number of different factors in making that decision. But some may come to the decision in conscience that they can't do that, and we would we would accept that. Now, it's possible to get mumps, measles, and rubella separately. Uh, they they have those vaccines separated out. They're developed in a moral way, and people can use those instead. And uh, it's a little more expensive and some are more rare and I don't remember all the details. This is all from, uh, I have a friend who runs a, a pediatrics center that's a uh, Catholic out in Arizona. So I got uh, some of these details from that. But um, so those are a lot of different factors to take into account. Uh, there are also some real concerns about the levels of mercury that are in a lot of vaccines and administering high levels of mercury to children under the age of, I don't remember what it is, a few weeks or a few months, you know, those things uh, turn out to be complicated and are higher, have a higher correlation with autism or something like that. And so there's a lot of secondary factors. We, we sort of like create this black box and we say, vaccine prevents disease all good, you know, <laughs> and it's it's more complicated than that. The delivery system, exposing people to a virus that is not necessarily, you know, could they could actually get the symptoms and get sick from it. They could die from it. People have serious reactions to the flu. So it's not so black and white as to say, if you take this thing, this is, you know, the result, you're immune and you prevent all of this other stuff from happening. And so I think because of that those levels of uncertainty, the church would not say this is morally obligatory. Um, now, there might be some special circumstances where you really have something that's extremely destructive. And I don't know what the, you know, but it would be a balancing of certain factors that uh, you have to take a certain risk because there are a lot of other people that are at risk if you don't do this. I don't know. I'd have to think about that. That's why I say somebody else has really thought through this more than I have, and I would, I would uh, appeal to their uh, more thorough moral analysis. But um, maybe it at least gives our listeners a sense of you know there are some complexities involved. Certainly, the answer is not simply yes or no, <laughs> and uh, and the, and there's a, a decision in conscience. And that conscience would be protected also by our, our constitutional rights. And so it's worth looking at more carefully and, and I can research it more and we can present it or at least uh, have some, some links to somebody else who's done the, the, uh, the investigation more thoroughly uh, for the sake of our listeners. But hopefully that at least uh, sketches out the, the territory there. And certainly this is still theoretically a ways off i mean we don't know when the vaccine is coming but we do know that from the standpoint of morals they don't change just because of you know someone's opinion three days from now you know just because trump sends a tweet that's not going to change what the church's stance is it's going to stay the same so with that being said um a couple of things came out for, from what you said so the first is, is the nuance. In general, the majority of our culture is designed to avoid nuances and details. <laughs> we are a clickbait society at this point. Um, and that is something that has turned the corner uh, more so with each generation <laughs> as you look back in time. That being said, going in and finding out the, the correct fe you know features of a certain situation are important. But that does bring me to a a secondary thing is what we talked about with prudence is 
there is a certain level when we have an obligation to go out and learn more. That was part of learning more about in, in that particular episode was learning about God, but learning about moral questions is still one and the same and why the teaching is there because ultimately you're going to get to some truth that through an inevitable logic will get you to God. I mean, in some ways it boils down to there, you know, to take a very simple one. You just gave me right there. The vaccine that was created from fetuses, the church is against abortions because they kill life. And therefore that is directly correlated to the teachings of God, you know, pretty straightforward and streamlined there. Now, as you said before, there's no such thing as everything being perfectly black and white. You know, there's always going to be a trade-off at some degree, whether it be a very obvious one or a very significant one, those will vary. Uh, that's just a fact of life. I mean, you can boil it down to a simple rule of physics. You can only be in one place at one time. You can't be in two places at once. So, you know, take a simple choice. You can either eat the blue or the red, you know, the blue pill or the red pill. You can't do both. It's which one are you doing? So that being said, it, it brings me to a second question from what you brought up there, which was this vaccine in, in this particular case. And I, I don't want to use this one. I just go into a kind of a hypothetical is evil things that have happened in the past. We know what they were. Um, there's not a rule that says we can't learn from them or figure out a moral way to do them. Now, some things that are just flat out evil, you're never going to figure out a moral way to do it. That is true. But in terms of, you know, take example of, of governing a society or something, we have seen prior civilizations in the past, how they've done it. And we're able to say this part was wrong and this part was right. This is something we can emulate. This is something that we, we should not. So just because someone in the past did some form of research that was wrong, the results that came out of it, I don't think should inherently be thrown out. We just need to figure out a way to do them correctly. So I guess that that's kind of my example of what I'm going for. So if you would take an environmentalist perspective on, on the issue of oil, we figured mm -hmm. out how to use oil, how to make cars go fast. And for a long time, it was great until we realized this pollution was getting bad. Well, cars themselves are not inherently evil. We just need to figure out a way to make them less polluting. And eventually technology caught up and figured that out. So I, I wanted to, to just make that, make that statement and just a back check it to make sure it's right. Um, Cause we can learn from people who did things wrong and that's how we do it. Right. And I just want to, like I said, make sure that that's not something me steering people astray. No, that's right. I, I, we have to, yeah, yeah, we have to take all of these things into account and be be conscientious about it. It's uh, it's just a, such a danger when, as you said, our society is so anemic to nuance and uh, wants these kind of simplistic answers. And and the fact is, you know, these are serious issues that that we need to spend some time reflecting on and looking into and and discussing as you're as you're helping us do today. Yes, and um, like I said, it, it, it's in this particular case of, of the corona vaccine, it, it hasn't happened yet, so we don't know all of these details. I just wanted to have a, a chance as this becomes more probable, and you know, like I said, it, it's pretty much in my mind to switch from a question of if to now just a question of when, um, that what are we going to, to do with it when it comes, and 
And certainly you have outlined some some simple facts that from the government standpoint, they did allow us to to deny taking certain certain medications, but the states also have their rights of saying you're not allowed to do this service, that service, or the other. And um, where the, the, the question will pop up is effectively they can turn off so many services that realistically you can't live and have a choice. In the world of education, you can figure out you know online services, learning from home or something like that. But if you're not allowed to effectively live within a, the economy and you know go get groceries, now you're into a situation where do you even have a choice? And when the and and I guess this is kind of where, where where the potential could go when the mob is essentially forcing you to go in this direction. Um, is it something that is worth or something that we should fight um, individually on moral ground? And and from a from a theoretical standpoint, I think that that's the core of the theological question I'm trying to ask you today is if that's the situation, what is our obligation? Do we go with the crowd, even though it's not something that might be morally we're on board with as an individual, but it will make the rest of our life dramatically easier? Or do we stand up and, and deal with potentially crippling consequences? Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, uh, (laughs) that's the, uh, that's the tension for sure. And, um, it depends on, you know, the, the severity again, the, as I mentioned, the moral analysis is, is often not black and white and, um, working through you know what's what's really involved i mean we're we're sort of morally compromised all over the place in terms of you know we contribute we pay taxes and our tax money is used to fund abortions in other countries that's i think less the case in the trump regime than it was in the obama regime or you know in the republicans as opposed to the democrats but you know, we're we're contributing money to things indirectly that are that are a mess. So, um, absolute moral purity is not an option for living in this society. So we have to look a little more carefully. And there, uh, I I had forgotten it occurred to me in the meantime. There were some issues about COVID vaccines also being developed with fetal uh, stem cell lines from aborted uh, fetal tissue that that came out in uh, March or April, they were trying to really push this thing through and and then even claiming that bioethicists were okay with that. And of course, we're, we're not okay with that, you know? So you can't kill in order to save. You, you can't intentionally end one life in order to save another life. And uh, killing in, infants in the womb in order to produce vaccines is uh, is just simply immoral and it doesn't matter how inconvenient the government makes our lives that's never acceptable and it's never something that we can do so um, now again there are some uh, stem cell lines or there there are some vaccines that were developed from fetal tissue a long time ago those they don't keep reusing they don't keep uh, doing new abortions there are things that were already developed that are in existence. Uh, anyway, it gets a little bit complicated there too, but they were moving in that direction. They were actively developing vaccines 
using aborted fetal tissue. And so there was, there was an absolute resistance to that. And from what I understand, a different decision was made uh, because of that resistance. And that's the kind of thing that we have to do in terms of our moral behavior. It's, if we don't stand up for uh, infants in the womb, they can't speak for themselves, you know? And, and that's the kind of thing, uh, people who are, who are compromised, people who are um, silenced, people who don't have the power to resist, uh, we, we have to be a voice for them and, and stand with them on some of these issues. I know, uh, you know, and, and that's where uh, different legal firms or those who have some power, who have some influence, uh, if everybody just sort of falls over and says, well, I guess everybody's doing it, then we end up in, in all kinds of disastrous situations. So, um, yeah, I think it's something that we need to summon a little bit of moral fortitude and prepare to make good decisions and even to suffer for those decisions. Yeah, and as you go to the, the prior episode we just did was on the importance of suffering from time to time. And um, this is certainly a, a situation where you can't really say there's more than moral high ground than that. Turning an individual into a product, if you look at it from that standpoint, has been universally wrong throughout history and throughout always. And that is essentially what they're doing um, with the aborted fetuses here. They're, they're turning it into a supply for a product. So that is something that is fundamentally wrong and something that is worth diving into the nuances of and, and reading more than just the headlines. So we thank everyone for listening with us here today. Um, and then obviously as these types of situations go m more from the down the road to the now, we will discuss these types of conversations again. So and if I could just um, point our listeners to a website, I mentioned people who have done better moral analyses than I can do uh, off the top of my, well, than I could do ever probably, but certainly off the top of my head. Uh, the National Catholic Bioethics Center, NCBC, is excellent and has a lot of, uh, has podcasts and uh, articles, blogs, uh, publications, courses. They have a lot of things available. The, the website is ncbcenter.org, ncbcenter.org. And uh, you find a lot there. And I just did a quick search for COVID-19 vaccine and there's a ton of stuff. So um, for anybody who really wants to look into that more deeply, uh, I just really recommend that. Perfect. And again, we thank everyone for listening and we'll be with you again here next week.